Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here. Excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Download Listeners, Supervising Producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. That's right, and they're operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Let me tell you, here's what makes them different, is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days, and Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. What do you think? Did it get him? <laughs> I am weird, dude. You are weird. <laughs> Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. That <laughs> <laughs> family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just a potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that mean? No, we're not standing in a box together in our underwear. <laughs> are you kidding me, Mike? Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download here with my co-host Mike Davis. We're in the Bojangle studio for a Thursday show and right off the top, man, we got to say um, congratulations is in order. Sam Mayer wins his very first NASCAR Xfinity race and his very first race for Junior Motorsports and um, actually that I don't know is is true. Actually, he raced in the late mile stock series and won for That's Junior true. Motorsports then. So That's true. Anyhow, we, we have series. experienced a win with, with Sam in the past. But honestly, um, I'm so proud of Sam, Mike. And, you know, the thing about it is he's he's very young. Very uh, young. Not even old enough to, to do a beer toast, right? He's going to do some chocolate milk. We did the beer toast, toast but he didn't. That's right. And so, the um, you know, the thing that I think about is, you know, we put Sam in 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 the you know the college level the AAA level the Xfinity series it's a very competitive series we expect a lot out of the drivers but I think back to myself at that age and would I be able to manage the expectations and deliver I'm not sure you know I really don't think I had it all together to be able to um, accomplish and do what he does and I, I I hesitate to say that because I don't want him to think that what he's doing is good enough right you always want them trying to continue to improve right? right now he's won the race put together a fantastic race at road america and um we've been working with him on cleaning up his race craft uh he's he's kind of joke around he's kind of like the opposite of the other drivers all my other guys wait till the end of the race to run into each other and <laughs> something else and sam always does it on the first lap and so that's so true i know so i'm like sam you know if you could just calm down that first lap there's no need to be hitting the fence running so freaking hard that you're bouncing off the wall like way dial it back like calm the way down and i said i told him a couple weeks ago I said, as soon as you fix that you're gonna win races hmm. and you know he would come back and have a great finish at new hampshire and he'd get out and go 
man, we we made a we came back. We had a we had a great result. Come yeah. back from our troubles. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if you don't have the troubles, you win this race. Yeah. Right. And so fix that. And honestly, you know, you wonder sometimes when you're talking to the young guys whether they really get it or they're hearing it. And um, hey, he goes out there, puts together a great race. When things op- when things fell into his lap at the end, he te- he took advantage of it. I don't think people appreciate how treacherous that racetrack was at the end. Oh man, it, all weekend, everybody else was losing their composure yeah. and going crazy, and he was the 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 voice of reason yeah. and kept his kept his cool, won the race. Exactly. So from the beginning of the weekend, that track was super slick, new pavement. Nobody could get offline. You were spinning out off the racetrack easily. So you had to tiptoe all the way around the racetrack. And then it's covered in speedy dry on top of that for the last few laps. And you saw what happened to many drivers in those final few laps. The one guy that you would think would be most mistake-prone ends up putting it, to, putting it together a couple clean laps and wins the first his first race. I was so proud of that. Um, and I think, too, He's had it. He talks about it. He's like, I've had the weight of the world on me, and I feel 15 pounds lighter now. I haven't mm. won this race. He's been racing with all that pressure to deliver, to come through, to fix, 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 to stop making mistakes. And a lot of times, when you put that much pressure on yourself, you make more mistakes, right? Sure. And so, man, now he's free of all of that. He's got that win in the column. I think he goes forward much more relaxed, much more confident, and le- and calmer on that first lap not in such a hurry and not in sort of panic mode when the green flag drops in these races yeah so excited for sam want to make sure we celebrate him he did a heck of a job this weekend marty lindley his crew chief uh son of the famous short track racer butch lindley whose door is on the wall uh incredible to win races with that family and their history and legacy that's right, man. A lot of pep in their step this week, by the way. It's been a fun time at the shop. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm glad we uh, we let off the show with that. What else you got today? Well, the short track package uh, was tested at Richmond. Um, we weren't hearing any great feedback or any big, you know, big pluses uh, coming out of Monday. Tuesday, although, drivers did have some great things to say. It wasn't about that front splitter uh, that they were trying to run that would create some lift. It was more about a softer tire. Goodyear was trying some softer compounds, and they took the diffuser off the back of the race car and mm. added rear spoilers. So trend, mm. so basically going back to where we used to be right. as far as how the back of the car was downforce-wise. And the driver said that it was much more forgiving. They could move around behind each other. Um, so there's some, there's some signs of what we may need to be focusing on for the short tracks. They've even said that they're going to continue testing all of this stuff at the Oval at Indy. And they wanted to caution people. That is not to say that we are going to be racing this package at the Oval at Indy. It's just another place for us to try to go learn more at a higher rate of speed so that we can really understand the data. When you when you take that arrow and run it around a short track, the speeds are so slow, it's hard to really get great, great data. You need to really pick the speed and the pace and the air flowing through those parts up, and they'll be able to do that at Indy at the Oval. They'll be able to understand exactly what that data is telling them so that you know when they go back to a short track to test further or they want to make a decision on what to do for the short tracks they can feel better about that decision knowing that information they're getting so i don't think that this is a sign that hey we're going to run the indy oval or this package may go to a bigger racetrack i think it's just a way to learn more an opportunity to do that at the oval at indy so i was interested in that but um it's promising it's promising i really wanted that splitter to really work i wanted that splitter to be the thing yeah. Um, also, uh, Becoming Earnhardt came out yesterday, episode four. Um, getting great feedback on it. Glad people are still loving what we're doing. And um, can't wait for episode five, one week away. So this time next Wednesday, episode five. Right now, we're still sitting at eight episodes. Um, that seventh episode, I've been working on it. It's eight races, Mike. Most of our episodes have been about four. Uh-oh, what are you trying to say? That seventh episode's <laughs> eight races. And I don't know how we're going to pack it into... <laughs> into the you know the the sounds like a the tiff box problem. That we're trying to get it in anyways yeah we got a news we got a new uh, saying around here sounds like a tiff problem yeah. i want to have a shirt that says we that. may this episode hey this series may end up ballooning <laughs> another episode or two before it's over with all right but, there hey let's stay flexible <laughs> folks <laughs> that sounds good all right. all right let tend dental make your dream smile a reality we offer a variety of top rated treatments including invisalign aligners And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. 
visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Leaning into the next race on the cup schedule at Michigan. Uh, let's talk about the bubble battle. This is something when I'm looking at you know what I'm most curious about every single week, preparing in the booth about broadcasting and all of that. One of the things that I pay attention at this specific point of the season, especially with just a few races to go, is the bubble battle. We had a lot of changes amongst those in that battle for the final few playoff spots. At Richmond, Bubba Wallace doubled his gap. He went from plus 27 to plus 54. And Michael McDowell gained one point. Almondinger lost a few points. Uh, Ty Gibbs went from minus 28 to minus 18. Suarez had a tough, tough race, went from minus 23 to minus 34. So some shifting around, but Bubba Wallace really uh, has to be smiling coming out of Richmond because we're going to some road courses where they struggle, and he's going to need that 54-point cushion. Somebody um, back in the pack here, Chase Elliott, minus 56, going into Richmond, is now minus 40. He gained 16 points, basically having a average day. And I heard Denny Hamlin on his podcast say that, mark my words, Chase Elliott is going to point his way in to the playoffs. I was on that wagon with Denny about five weeks ago, but in the last two or three weeks where Chase basically would gain a four, you know four points here, lose five points, gain four points. He really stayed flat for the last several weeks. This is the first time he's made a big gain in in a, in a couple weeks. I I lost confidence in Chase being able to point his way in, and I was really thinking at minus fifty six going into Richmond, he needed a win. Um, well, minus forty is doable, but he's going to need to have those you know plus fifteen, plus twenty. Uh, gains almost every week and he's not racing just one person he's not racing just the cut line he's racing all these different drivers right and they're going to also have varying results that are going to make that complicated for chase chase is good enough the team's good enough to get 40 points back and point the way in but i just don't it's going to have to go just right so are you jumping back on the wagon, or are you staying off? Well, I was I was thinking that it was impossible for them to point their way in before Richmond. It's possible, again, that he can point his way in, but it's going to be tough. It's all going to have to go right. With that said, I still don't know how to make sense of the math when I look at a race you know, it used to just be finishing order. Now that we have the stage points, it's really hard to tell. How much of a deficit is minus 40 points? feels like too much for me. It feels too. like too much because we're so seasoned and conditioned to think about finishing order. Finishing order does not matter anymore. That only matters to the guy who won the race. What matters now... And what's hard for us to sort of get a grasp on is stage points. Finishing second in the stage every week, and I heard Denny make this point as well. He's a very good point. He's like, man, if you get second in the stage, that's that's 18 points. Yeah. And the race ain't even over, and you you got 18 points. So with all of that information, I still look at a minus 40-point deficit for Chase Elliott, and I go, oh, no way. But honestly, man, is it easier than we think? With stage points, with with Chase coming up on road courses where he may be able to get that fifth and fourth place finish in stages that will accumulate the extra points that he needs to beat drivers in front of him? Dude, maybe 40 points ain't what it used to be. Or maybe it's not that big a deal if he's running at peak level, which they're not. Nine is, is the performance of the nine giving you any confidence that they can, um, you know, make up forty points in the next several races? Uh, they're you know no, the performance they've had over the last several weeks would tell me that it's going to be difficult for them. But they're the nine team. They're they're Hendrick Motorsports. They're champions. They figure things out. 
I, I know who they are, and they're capable of doing this, even with their most recent performance. So I, you got to feel like in your, in your gut, even if you're not a Chase Elliott fan, they sooner or later get on track. They sooner or later gain, you know, get back to running where we would expect them to run. And I think it happens soon. I, if, when I look at Bubba being able to double and go from plus 27 to plus 54, I mean, minus 40. Sure. For Chase Elliott, seems doable now. I, I think that I, I, again, I go back to, I go back to all of us are so seasoned to look at race results and go, yeah, he's not finishing good enough to make up 40 points. And what we don't know and what we haven't grasped is how much those stage points really factor in to the ebb and flow of the points cushion or deficit to that to that bubble. And you know, maybe 40 points isn't as much as we think it is these days with stage points flying around. Something to keep a look after, I'm telling you. I've got one more question yeah. for you. All right, this is not to do with Chase Elliott, but it does yeah. with the points chase, all right? Yeah. A.J. Allmendinger, hmm? you're a race team owner. Now, yeah. and, and listen, we're not sitting here criticizing what race teams do with their drivers and their teams and their plans for the weekend, but I was just – I found it peculiar yeah. that A.J. Allmendinger went and ran the Xfinity Series race yeah. this past weekend. Now, you talk about 40 points being doable. Well, what also is doable was where A.J. is on the bubble line. Yes. He was just – you know, it was in the teens. I mean – 17. He was 17. So, he lost five points this weekend. Yep. Um, and maybe that was inevitable. However – did you find it a little bit peculiar that he would go do the Xfinity Series race, given that there's so much more at stake in the Cup Series and that he's on the bubble line? I um, I thought it was great fodder for media and broadcasters and everyone to debate. But if I was colleague and I owned all of that operation, right, deep, deep down – I would want AJ to be in that road course race knowing just how good he is and how capable he is of winning an Xfinity race for me. I would rather have him there than practicing the cup car and qualifying the cup car at Richmond. And I don't know what making the playoffs versus not making the playoffs means to this cup team. Denny Hamlin could tell us that because he was in the same situation last year with Kurt Busch being hurt, shuffling things around, right, trying to get certain certain teams into certain positions in the points on the owner's side. And so it means something because that mattered a lot for Denny and 2311 to do that, right? They went they went to great lengths to yeah. try to make sure something, you know. So, but, you know, maybe colleagues sitting there going, yeah, um, I'd rather go try to win this race knowing that I got a driver that can do it. And the fact that there are two road courses left in the regular season that he's yeah. quite good at. Maybe they're going ahead. But still, that the points differential from from making the – pointing your way into not is still so minimal that he I, – I just – I agree with you. But, again, I think them staying flat is probably what they expected. Right? I, I Five points – I would – I'd be pretty happy with that, having sent him over there. Look, if he – I said this on the broadcast. I said, if A.J. goes – is this the right decision? Yes, if A.J. goes and wins the, wins the trophy. If he goes and wins that race at Road America, I made the right decision before the cup race ever starts. Mm. And so that didn't happen. But they come to the cup race. He loses five points to the bubble. We're minus 22. Bub Wallace just gained 27 points at Richmond to the bubble, a track that he doesn't really have great statistics at. AJ's got road course races coming up, and AJ knows how to go to those races and gain the points he needs. He is very much dangerous to all these other drivers around that bubble with the races we got coming up. He's, a, he's, he's dangerous yeah. at minus 22. And so he's still in good position. It was curious, and it was great to debate it. But if I'm the owner of the team, I'm doing what the hell I want. And that's what happened in this case. So 
the CW announces that they're going to be partners for the NASCAR Xfinity Series to broadcast all races through 2031. So the CW's free TV gets you an antenna. You can pick it up. <laughs> um, you can watch it's the true. app, sign up for the app. It's free. Free, 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 free. NASCAR Xfinity races for everyone. Um, NASCAR Productions will handle the, the production of the race. I think they will outsource that to someone who does production very well. Um, NASCAR Productions eventually. So NASCAR Productions, I think, is building, physically building itself to produce these races. But they're not quite there yet. I think they outsource this to someone who does a great job. So I feel confident that the product for the CW will be good. Uh, the rights were pegged at $115 million per year. Uh, right now, I think the Xfinity Series uh, gets much less than that in the current deal. But NASCAR has to take some of this money and then go out and produce these races. So that's going to cost you know, probably roughly near two dozen million dollars, right? Let's say let's say just around twenty million bucks to produce. Let's just guess, right? So while this is a big bump in the number uh, as far as what they're getting per year to be able to you know get the naming rights for the Xfinity series, NASCAR does have to take some of this money and go 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 get these races produced. So it's all kind of going to even out, I believe. Uh, but it's a great thing for the Xfinity series. There were there were rumors that we were going to streaming platforms. I know that, hey, if that's the future, that's the future. I'm fine with that. But it, right now would be a, a kind of a scary thought for a car owner to be pushing your broadcasts to a streaming platform and, and possibly losing viewership, which is really how we sell sponsorship. So for us to be able to go to the CW... As a car owner, I'm hoping that on the CW, everybody will have such simple, easy access to these races. The numbers will be as good, maybe better, than they are today. That's the hope, right? I think it would be. Yeah. yeah. How could it be worse, Mike, if, we have, if, the, if it's easier to access and in more households, right? So the hope is that the number stays flat or better. And that Xfinity Series team owners will not have to go to their partners and say, yes, uh, the numbers aren't as good. Adjustments have to be made financially. That's that's absolutely what we're trying to avoid. So pretty happy about this. I'm pretty happy about it. I like, I like this partnership. And uh, I think we're going to still see a great visual product when we're watching a race. The, the, it'll look as good as what's, what's going on today in terms of what the Xfinity Series product looks like on television i think you hit it you hit the nail on the head and that is what i think people need to just remember is that when when the xfinity series teams go out to to the market to try to get funding yeah they've got to be able to look at those ceos and cmos in the eye and say hey this is where your product will be visible this is where your return on investment is going to happen if you can if you say it's going to be on Fox sometimes here, and it's going to be on NBC sometimes here. And then, oh, by the way, Peacock will take this, and then USA will take this. It becomes a very disjointed and confusing conversation. Yeah. So what this does, I've seen some, I've seen some people try to, you know, work hard at trying to critique this in a way that's, you know, trying to find some sort of negative connotation. Like, oh, there's just one more television partner that we got to go factor in. Hey, listen, you hit it on on the on the head, Dale. It's free. It's accessible. You don't have to pay for it, and it's all year. So you know where to go for Xfinity races. And you know what? When our teams go and they go try to find funding and they go to these sponsors, they can say, CW, here it is. It's a long-term thing. It's an easier thing to sell. Yeah. And I think it's an easier thing for the, the advertisements, uh, the sponsorships to, to invest in and take a gamble on because they can see where exactly their product's going to be. I think it's a win. Yep, I agree. So um – I also, you know, think that I hope that the CW controls who their talent is. I would love to see, much like in the truck series, a dedicated booth oh, to yeah. the series, right? I would like to see a dedicated booth to the Xfinity series that they, the, the Xfinity series is their home. It's what they know. 
It's they know their drivers. It's theirs. They they own it. They take ownership of it, right? Um, and so that that's a little. I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there, but um, I'm hoping that um, it, that'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, so SVG has confirmed his plans to pursue NASCAR full-time in 2024. I think this is a big shock to me. Um, and I was talking to some people over there in the motorsports world around what's going on with Shane and uh, V8 Supercar and his future. And they, I guess there was this concern, okay, he's won this race at Chicago. He's kicked everybody's ass. The idea is that, okay, well, we can put him in a road course car capable car just like uh project 91 and track house is and he'll win at road courses probably so he'll run he'll run first second third he'll run great he's gonna do good at every road course race you put him in that's the thought which i think is a fair thought but you know he's he's got little to no experience on ovals right and so he'll struggle at every other racetrack we go to so in my mind, I was thinking there's no way that a team would, you know, hire him at the highest level to run a full season of NASCAR and take that gamble at all of the ovals for the reward that would be waiting at all of the road courses. But it looks like that there's real interest and in, in a real possibility that he is, I believe that he already has his plans. I believe that he already has his teams lined up and that he would not turn his back on what's going on for him in supercar, V8 supercar. He would not turn his back on what's stable and, and secure without a plan already in place. So I think that the I think that the decisions on who and what he will drive in NASCAR are nearly shored up or or laying right there in front of him. He is very aware of what team he has an opportunity with. I also think that he spends time racing Xfinity, maybe even a truck. Wouldn't be surprised to see him in an Xfinity ride multiple times throughout the year and not at road courses. He would be doing that, in my mind, to get that oval track experience. And so it's doable. Um, and we don't have to look far uh, for examples of drivers that have been able to come over and make that adjustment. Um, Marcus Ambrose is the perfect example of coming out of V8 supercars. Listen, the V8 supercar was the closest thing to NASCAR stock cars around the globe. And that got even closer when the next-gen car was built. NASCAR and Steve O'Donnell will tell you they built the NASCAR next-gen based off of the V8 supercar. So for Shane and anyone to get in that car and feel comfortable makes perfect sense, and I think his adaptation to ovals will be even easier due to that than it was for Marcus. But I believe he absolutely has to race in the truck series. If not in the Xfinity series, he needs to run as much as he can on ovals. And uh, so I wouldn't be surprised for his plans to race full-time in NASCAR to, con to include racing at those other divisions we should probably go ahead and let the uh, uh let the news come out that svg is going to be on our show here in a week or so yeah we can talk to him about this very thing he'll be on our show next thursday so he'll be here in town in studio and he's not coming all the way here to do the dirt dale jr download well, I think he is, but he's going to also just do the Indy road course while he's yeah. uh, over here okay. on uh, stateside. Yeah, he's coming back to racing NASCAR, and but we get a chance to interview him about his plans, and we'll see what we can learn. I'll, we'll try to we'll try to press him for to release some informa information 
that maybe he wasn't prepared to. I'm trying to decide if I should do that to you right now because it seems like you're having educated opinions about this. Or am I wrong? I'm just hearing that, you know, I look, I was shocked. I did not think, even after watching him win at Chicago, I'm telling everybody that's asking me, like people in Australia are calling me going, hey, man, do you think there's any interest over there? He's curious. He really wants to wants to do this. Do you think there's a team that would hire him? And I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, I don't think so. Not Not full time. I think that he could come over here and probably run an unchartered uh, car in all of the road course races next year. Mm. Maybe there's somebody that wants to do that. That's an expensive ask. But maybe Justin Marks would run him in every road course race mm. next year, but he's going to have to give up V8 supercars to probably do it. And would he do that? I just don't see it happening. And I just didn't think that somebody would put him in a car full time given his inexperience on ovals. I just... But somebody wants to try to fast track this guy on the ovals. He's he's going to have some opportunities in some Xfinity cars to gain that oval experience. Well, it certainly is an easier gamble to take. To your point, Dale, that this gonna, new car, this next gen yeah. car, gives a team at least a different consideration. Because you almost yeah. wonder what Marcus Ambrose. Marcus Ambrose was a freaking awesome race car driver. I mean, I almost wonder what he would have done in this next-gen car. So right. other people that were like him that came over and tried NASCAR. All right. So um, if there's going to be a, a an Xfinity slash truck component, let's just say that's going to be about a three to three to four million dollar investment. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have a full cup deal, which is anywhere from fifteen to twenty. And then do you have to buy a charter? Uh, which is going to be anywhere from thirty to forty million dollars. I mean, there's this is going to be this is going to be an expensive. Um, the reason why I felt like this was so unlikely, even with his success at Chicago, is because it's so expensive to do what he needs to do to come over here and ramp up his his you know his knowledge and in you know. But if he if all right, so if he's in an if he's going into an already chartered car. Uh, who's out, right? Who's who gets knocked out? Who is he replacing? And then there's that, you know. Then you can take that having to purchase the charter off the table, but you're still looking at around a, you know, at minimum twenty twenty one million dollar investment. Jeez, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, and so maybe you already have some partners in place that are gonna uh, gonna help handle and manage some of that cost, but. Uh, I cannot wait to learn more about this. It's definitely intriguing. It is. Yeah. And now you've got a driver coming in. If he comes full time, you you got a guy that that's going into the playoffs with at least one road course win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he Shakes finishes, yeah. He, and he will likely due to his due to his oval performance. I don't know that he places in the top sixteen in points throughout the regular season, right? So he's going to be one of those drivers out of the backside of the top 16 with a road course win or more that's going to take a playoff position. I mean, he's going to – it's going to be interesting to watch how that all happens, how it comes together, who he ends up signing with, where he races Xfinity cars and truck cars, how he performs on the ovals out of the gate. You know – Let's just assume he's going to win a road course, and what you know how that shakes up the playoff system for other drivers. It's going to affect somebody, if not multiple teams. It's a lot going on, um, but and I and I love it. I want it to happen. Yeah, yeah. Good personality to have to do this. Um, I am interested to see if there's any carryover from Chicago's street course to the Indy road course, where you've got all of our regular guys quite familiar with this course. They were not with Chicago. That's you a great had the point. You, you had the you know the the big flood of Chicago that day and and things that kind of uh, affected the way that race was run. And let's see what would be a success for SVG at Indy. <clears throat> let's let's not hold him to his winning standard yeah. at Chicago. Is a top twenty? Is a top fifteen? Like what do you think is a success for him to, at the Indy Road Course, where a driver? Oh, I'd is, be massively disappointed in just a top ten. Okay, massively. Just oh, so he needs to be top five? You think? Oh hell yes. Okay, got it. I think. Look, 
if there's if he's confirming he has plans or he plans to pursue a NASCAR full time ride, I think he's already got an idea of who this is with. Um, the pressure's on. He needs to go to Indy and back it up. Mm. He needs to go to Indy, lead laps, and challenge for the win. If he runs fifth, not good enough. It ain't good enough to warrant all the effort that it will have to take place to get him here into that full-time deal um knowing that look man he i'm he will he will have challenges i don't want to use the word struggle but he's going to be challenged at the ovals for a while you know i mean it just i doubt it comes naturally and so you're you know the ownership and team will manage some of that you know will have to manage that that struggle and that patience of waiting for the oval stuff to take. And if he's going to go to all of the other road courses that we all know well and be just top five, is that enough? Mm. Well, that's an interesting point. No, I think you. your point is, it, look, you're going to struggle with the ovals. You get those road courses, you better show out. Damn right. There is no uh, – I think that's the only reason this is happening yeah. is, is with the idea that, yes, he's going to go to the road courses and be damn near hard to beat, much like – Every time we showed up at a road course, Marcus Ambrose was one of the top dogs. Oh yeah. In really mid mid class equipment. Right. Right? Yep. I mean, really mid class at best. You know, he would go to Watkins Glen, a track we all know very well, and running balls out with that nine and forty seven car. That forty seven man, he was so good. Yeah. yeah. And they weren't top teams. Now he, that's you know, good. Yeah. That's a fair point. I got it. Yeah. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now it's time, Mike, for us to play another great game, the NASCAR Immaculate Grid. I love these. You don't want to do that year game that Alex did? A few I hated ago. that. That was, that was the best game of the year. I loved that. That was pretty bad. I was hoping we'd do that again. All right. So what we have uh, today is another tic-tac-toe grid. And it's a little different than tic-tac-toe. Oh, this is more of a social media trend that I'm not sure if you guys know. It's more with baseball, but uh, there's a, this is from a guy on Reddit actually made this board. Okay, and it's the same rules as tic-tac-toe. Do we know so, who it is on Reddit? Uh, I did not write down his name, but I will get it to him. We need to get that. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same as tic-tac-toe, except we're not playing the tic-tac-toe. Okay, it's more you have nine guesses to get all nine squares, hence immaculate. Wait, we need to win. To win, we need to get everyone right. Or the most? Is the, that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, the most. Like, it's like more whoever of a, is the most correct answer. The way it is on like uh, right. baseball sites, like a score you get after you I understand. plug it in. Okay. But All right, so we're not playing a tic-tac-toe, so it doesn't matter where you go, Mike. Okay? Doesn't matter where Does you go. We're not going three you? in a row. We're just going to go try to get as many correct as we possibly can. Yeah. And All right. so it's teams, and we got across the top, RCR, Morgan McClure, Everham Motorsports, and down the left side, Bill Davis, Michael Waltrip Racing, and Hendrick Motorsports. You go first, Mike. Ooh. I'll go first. You're not ready. I'll go. Yeah, you go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. I hate this. Um, is this cup in Xfinity or cup only? Uh, cup only. Okay. Good. <laughs> I don't have my head in this game. Oh, no. Um, you don't either. Yeah, it just takes a bit. Mm. I'll do the Everham Hendrick, and that's Casey Kane. Yes. Good job. Is there a timer? No, just do nine guesses. Oh, my God. Wait. We get nine guesses? Yes. Oh, so, so I've nine, used one? You've used one, but you got it right, so the square is done. I know, I'm just yeah. saying. But if we get a wrong guess, we're down to eight? Yes. Oh. Yes, that's the immaculate part of the immaculate grid. 
Okay. Um, did Mayfield? I'm going to try Everham and Bill Davis. Mayfield? Yep, correct. You guys are doing good. Seven squares oh, yeah, left. I feel, doing, I feel like we're doing great. <laughs> just, I mean, two for two, that's good. So it's Dale's turn. Yes. We also have the Reddit user that created this grid. So shout out Nogrobroski. Or Nogobrosk. Mm. He did a good job. He does a good job with these. I can tell you right now, the Morgan McClure one is tough. It is. I'm surprised the RCR Hendrick one is not I, I swear, I can't think of it. Yeah. It should be easy, right? It should be very easy. I'm like, half the field probably ready for him. Yeah. Five possible answers for that one. Yeah. It's, There's five? Five yeah, possible I'm, answers, yeah. Holy smokes. But but to be clear, Dale's turn. I'm not going. Like, I'm, am I waiting? Or if I had an answer? If you have it, you can go, yeah. Um, okay. For time's sake, yeah. Yeah, oh, for okay. real. All right. Yeah. Because once they guess the square, it's it's, it's the square is gone. Okay. Oh, Michael Watts Racing, RCR, Clint Boyer? Yes. Uh, uh, Morgan McClure and Hendrick is Mark Martin. Morgan McClure and uh, Hendrick? Yes, yeah. correct. Really? Yep. Yes. Are we penalized for wrong answers? Can we just start Yeah, throwing? you just lose a guess. So then... Where are we at? You guys are four for four right now. Wait, so you have five. Both two or two to two. We're tied. Yeah. We've both done two each. Yes. Yeah. So combined, you're four for four. So you have five squares left. Uh, let me ask you a question. Yes. Does the Days of Thunder cars count? Uh, I believe they do on this show. Okay, yeah. then the Morgan McClure and... sure about that one damn it I think we should be able to have wrong answers well in that case I'm ready to fire off some freaking <laughs> no. fire them off at this point uh, RCR sorry. Bill Davis uh, Jeff Burton no Ward Burton no <laughs> was the McClure and Hendrick Bobby Hamilton Jr. that one's also on there yes Oh, Bobby Hamilton, not Bobby Hamilton Jr. Well, I'm that's sorry, a different Bobby guy. Bobby Hamilton Senior. Yeah, that's I know what, what he, I mean. I knew what he meant. Yeah. Yeah, so Morgan, Morgan and Hendrick is Bobby Hamilton. No, uh, you've already filled that score. That's one of them. Yeah, Mark Martin's one of them. Bobby Hamilton's one of them. Jeff Purvis, Joe Nemechek, Tabo Dine all could have worked in that. Damn! Holy moly! Um, can, can I try for Bobby Hamilton in the uh, top center? Bill Davis and Morgan McClure. Yeah, but it's wrong. Okay. Hmm. I can't believe we're not coming up with the RCR Hendrick. I'm shocked. God, this, I feel like me, you guys want me to make. I know. I here. feel like the weight of every listener listening to this is calling us. Both I want to get it right. Hold on. There's there's one answer. I mean, this is uh, clear as day. <laughs> I, mean, I hate this. I don't. I feel like an idiot. Why am I not thinking of this? I don't even want to give you a hint. Cause it's don't, so obvious. don't don't don't. Can't think. Kyle Busch. For Hendrick RCR? Yeah. Yep. Duh. You could have Casey Mears, Ken Schrader, Ricky Rudd, and Ron Hornaday. Ricky Rudd drove for RCR? Damn, he did. Yeah. Back yeah. in the 80s. I don't remember Ron right? Hornaday. Back in the well, 80s. Damn it, I, I ran his name through my head and it didn't click. What the f*** is wrong with me? I'm thinking like dad was the first, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like going pre-dad, it didn't, didn't trigger. I mean, hell. You ready to call it the game? You guys got any other guesses on? I'm going to guess RCR Bill Davis racing Mike Skinner. Yes, correct. Okay. Oh, I just tied it back up. Now we can't quit. Okay. <laughs> that leaves us. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here's how I'm going to win it. Yeah, you guys got Bill Davis racing Morgan McClure left, Michael Waltrip, and Morgan McClure left, and Everingham Motorsports and Michael Waltrip. And remember, you can repeat, guys. Is Morgan McClure, yeah. Bill Davis, um, is that um, Bobby Hamilton? I already guessed that. Yeah, you guessed that. No. Oh, I'm sorry. This is a complete fly. Michael Waltrip and Everham, Bill Elliott? Yes. Damn! Correct. 
Was Casey Atwood ever? Well, he he, he never. Yeah. Okay. Bill Elliott. I just took the lead again. And now, yeah, I'm done. You I could've. can't come up with Morgan McClure's. I mean, you could add Elliott Sadler for that square too, by the way. For what? Everham and Michael Walter Brayson. Oh, that's right. Hey, listen, Morgan. I can. Morgan McClure, Bill Davis is also Mike Skinner. Yes. So we're we so are now the first person to get this square. Morgan McClure and Michael Walter Brayson. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh, Mark Martin. Correct. Dale wins. <laughs> you know what? Why don't I just ask? Game. I should just say Mark Martin on every square, every time. <laughs> Dagum dudes race for everyone at some point. Shout out Noga Brosk. Yay! I I'm won. Ready. Woo! We like finish this. This is the first fair. Fully no no first 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 fair fully fully no asterisk no bull <laughs> no wrong horse yeah. I won these things yeah but there was square. always like a bull like a loophole or some shit he didn't I'm really didn't always, tell us I always something up your words not mine freaking Mark Martin <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, let's get some Ask Juniors. Time for some great questions. That's a great segue. Let's go. So let's just get started. Let's get to it. Let's get ready to see what questions we have today. We've gotten a lot of questions just over. Did you make that shot? Uh, I know you missed that one. You missed it. Oh, you made the one right before we went live. Um, We've gotten a lot of questions over the over the past couple of weeks, and and uh, Joe specifically asked it this week. Where do you get the pair of sneakers that you wear, and how many different pairs do you have? Yeah, these are Asics. Um, they make a Mexico 66 style shoe is what it's called. I, I think it's from, uh, it's a throw, it's sort of a nod to, to soccer. Okay. Um, and so, uh, I've worn them forever. I don't know. They're very comfortable. I remember when I was in high school getting a hold of a pair of wrestling shoes and how comfortable those were. And they're really similar to, to NASCAR drivers right. shoes, yeah. right? They're very easy to wear. Not much sole. And so they, so I've gotten so accustomed to wearing those style of shoes, and this kind of reminds me of that. Um, easy to put on, uh, kick off, and uh, they come in so many different colors, which I always kind of like to to wear all all kinds of different ones. But um, I mean, you see me, I'm wearing different, you know, with my hats and my t-shirts and all that. But uh, I got a lot. I got a lot of pair of of Asics. And I haven't been shopping for many of them here lately, but uh, they're kind of getting harder to find. I don't know if they're making less of these or what, but they—they, they, uh, I've got a bunch of these back home. I took some pictures one day and was going to post it on social media, but Amy said that would be a bad idea. <laughs> Why? I mean, because I had like a bunch of Asics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Mike's rolling his eyes over here, I'm, so I'm glad I didn't post it. I'm glad Asics makes that type of shoe so you don't have to walk around wearing wrestling shoes all day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You uh, know what made me think was that earlier in this show, and people can listen to the podcast, but uh, we were talking about what makes you an ass. It's the people that take pictures of their closet and show how many yeah. shoes they got. Yeah. That's one of them. Yep. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah, that's it. That's what he wanted to know about the shoes. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. good. I didn't know they were Asics, so I'll Asics. go check that yeah. out. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, this next question comes from Brian. Uh, they've been seeing uh, your Bojangles commercial with Lee Bryce yes. out on the airwaves. What goes into shooting a commercial like that, and how was it working with Lee? Lee was great, easy to talk to. Um, we both had to be a little goofy at times, and he was more than happy to do that, and so that makes it easier when, when you're on the same page. Um, the uh, And I think, too, uh, he he has genuine uh uh and a genuine affinity for bojangles like me you know what i mean we uh, grew up around it and so i you could tell like this was an easy you know thing for him to do and so um 
I don't know. It just felt like two guys <laughs> talking about Bojangles. <laughs> but uh, making the commercial is easy. We drove over to Charlotte, somewhere downtown. They'd rented some spaces and uh, and rented some some lot. And all of it, you know, you drive up and everything's already set up. The crew, right, that's going to put all this together and the cameras and everything and the lighting, they get there, like, in ridiculous hours, like 5, 6 in the morning, yeah. start setting up. And so you roll in and it's all ready to go. And they hand, you know, the the director or whatever is going to hand you your lines. He's going to say, hey, all right, you're standing by this car, right? Lee's going to walk in. He's going to say this. You're going to say that. Um, we need you, you know, you need, you need, we need you shunting the trunk and, and you're going to, we're going to give you an action to move, which, uh, shut the trunk of the car. And then we're going to give you an action to start speaking. Right. Or they'll tell you, right, as soon as you get the trunk lid down, that's when you start talking. Hmm. You know, it's pretty simple. And they just want you to be you and, uh, which is very, very, you know, you don't have to be anything uh, like an, a, a true actor, right, has to really research right. and cons- put himself in that role, right? But this is just us being us. So uh, you uh, – and and I – you know, sometimes they'll have you say things or there'll be things in the script. You're like, I don't say that word. I don't use that type. I don't talk that way. And you just tell them, right? And they're like, all right, well, say it in your own words. Say it how you would say it. And um, so it's important to, to, like, be genuine and true to yourself and say, look, you know, this is how I would – handle this and this is you know a lot of times the script writers they're not they don't know nascar and they get the terms wrong or the language wrong um i remember when i was shooting a espn commercial um i'm underneath this desk working on this computer uh and fixing uh fixing the fixing this computer that was broke and you can hear like an air gun and some racing tools right going (laughs) off while i'm under there but the language they had me using about this computer wasn't right. And I was like, yeah, that that's not how you would say, like, you know, I'm going to install some some RAM uh, memory in this computer. You know, they had me saying things that weren't right. And I was like, man, my friends, my friends that know, that know computers are going to give me a hard time if mm-hmm. I say this stuff, right? So I said, I said, I got to change the language a little bit, to, you know, make it more. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, whatever. But because the people that wrote it, didn't know computers yeah and so uh you just gotta it's fun and they'll they'll, they'll, usually the producers and directors and people there are really easy and so you'll just tell them like i what if we did this what if we tried this this would be maybe this is funnier we had some uh you know one of my favorite shoots i don't you might have been there mike i can't remember the amp shoot we went all the way to las vegas or los angeles and we shot with the gorilla Mm mm-hmm and then we did the check, the camel. We did the camel, yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I was there. And a lot of that was like we were, you know, I that was like real, I'm not going to say real acting, but like I had, you know, I'd never really done, like uh, we're carrying a camel on your back, right? You're got to, yeah. you know. And it, so there was some moments where you're sitting there going, man, this is, this is awesome. This is amazing <laughs> to yeah. be shooting a this is a real commercial we're shooting right we're not just like talking about race cars like this is this is real uh hollywood type stuff um and even in those moments we got to improvise a bunch right and we shot a lot of different endings for some of those commercials some didn't make some some were great but they didn't make it um fun fact that not only was that feeling Hollywood? It very much was. We shot that camel commercial with Lulu the camel. That was the camel's name, hmm. but it was on the same stage that Wizard of Oz. Really, scenes of Wizard of Oz was done. I mean, that wow. stage had been there for a long time. There was a whole list of movies and things that that stage had done, and so that's what I also yeah. thinking about. Um, you know, and when they say stage, it's like a giant empty warehouse. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. what like it is. Sound stage, right? Yeah, yeah. and so. Uh, but anyhow, anyhow I'm, I'm, I'm rambling, but, you know, commercials, some are heavy-duty and some are pretty easy, like the Bojangles. It's it's local. It's authentic. Let's drive down to Charlotte. Let's shoot that. Let's be ourselves. And uh, and it was an easy, easy day. That's interesting, and, and you kind of answered what one of my follow-ups was going to be is, like, it, they allow you to change language or make it feel like it's more personal to you. That's yeah. one thing I did notice is, like, it played into your personality – pretty well at least the bojangles one so yeah. that's interesting you played a role in like fixing things to make it you know most yeah comfortable for every you. time we're going to do a commercial the script comes here 
to Junior Motorsports and we go over it. Yeah, okay. And we're like, nah, we're not. I'd never say this. We're yeah, gonna say something yeah. else. We got to change this. And so there's a lot of approval process. Interesting. Yeah. Never knew that. Um, this next question coming from Drew: uh, Should the regular season championship mean a little bit more? Oh, how do you get it to mean? How do you get it to mean more? How do you get it to mean more? You know, I I thought that too, and so when we first came out with the regular season championship, um, I had a thought, and they actually did this, but it was kind of awkward when it happened. I said, you know, we got to really make this matter. Uh, why don't you know if there's a monetary value? If there's a monetary like it's, it's, what is a hundred grand, hundred fifty grand, whatever happens, right? When the for the uh, for the regular season champion, right? Why don't we walk out at the end of the race? They're on pit road. Okay, final race of the regular season. You're yeah. going to bring the the winner and the top five down pit road to get going through tech and all that. Uh, bring the regular season winner down pit road and when he gets out of his car hand him a briefcase open briefcase full of cash <laughs> right on television and literally it's his there you go <laughs> and so uh they tried that and they were like yeah okay we'll do that and they i remember when they did it uh the person was like taken aback the person that's getting this uh briefcase full of money was like oh well, well, this is weird, right? <laughs> and it and they didn't let them have it. Like it wasn't real cash. It wasn't. I was like, man, how do we get what? What the intention was is like, we need to get somebody to go. Hell yes! I I'm so glad I won this mm -hmm. regular season championship. That's how you get it to matter. How do you get it to matter is get a reaction out of the person that wins it. Yeah. If it matters to them, then it matters to us, right? That's why, you know, the, the my whole argument about the clash and it being only poll winners, right? Because when people would win polls, they would get out of the car after winning the poll and go, yeah, I'm excited about this poll, but damn, I'm in the clash. Hell yeah. That's the only way to get in there. And so uh, I was like, yeah, what, how can we get a reaction out of the driver that wins this regular season deal? Um, hand him a briefcase full of money. Wouldn't that get anybody thrilled? I think if yeah, somebody walked in this room excited. right now and handed a random person in here a briefcase full of cash and was like, "It's yours, bud," would you <laughs> your pants? I would probably have a few questions too. Like, well, who is this person? Like in your specific of course, situation, you no, would. I'm joking, All right. No, you would. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just that was my thought. Is like you know, kind of like that's you know, what was it they would walk up and knock on people's doors and be like. Uh, like the Ed, Ed McMahon, McMahon yes. yeah, yeah, yes, clearing house, yes. sweepstakes. <laughs> yes, the, we're trying to get that reaction right from the driver, close to that as you can. So, like, help me, like, figure out how to get a driver that excited. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, you know, just hand them a briefcase full of money. But I really wanted it to be real money, and I wanted them to basically be set. You know, I basically wanted you to say, "Here you go, man. Regular season, it's yours." And you're gonna be like. Holy crap! Got a briefcase full of money here. I mean, yeah, that would be freaking insane. Yeah, right. And so, uh, even for drivers that are paid millions of dollars to race, to be handed one hundred and fifty grand in cash, I everybody's going to get happy about that, you know. And so, um, but it didn't. It it kind of was awkward it fell flat i think we sh if we could i'm sure somebody will find the clip of that because they they did it and it was like <laughs> it just was like okay thank yeah you. i'm glad yeah because it was not their briefcase and it wasn't real money and they didn't get that pop you know um i would i would try that again just give it a second go uh, yeah 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 Maybe at Daytona, unless somebody when a driver's not expecting it, you right. just you know. Hey, by the way, here here's some here's some money. Yeah, like, who doesn't love that? <laughs> so um, I don't know if they should try it again, but make it make make it genuine, like make it real. Uh, kind of similar breath of the regular season championship, and I think this would be interesting from your perspective as a TV commentator, but then also a former driver. 
thoughts on playoff points carrying over in each round because I know that wasn't always the case it kind of reset and you know would change some things down the road what are your thoughts on 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 that rule change run that by me again so like you know playoff points yep. they didn't always carry over per round yep but now they do just yes. someone asked thoughts on that yeah. versus like entertainment it's, of like the end of each round yeah it's not bothering me um you know it doesn't carry over to the final round and the final round we're heads up um it doesn't bother me i don't i don't have a problem with that um and i have thought about it a few times you know we I, I i've thought about that i'm like does that bother me does that does that something i don't like or and i can't i can't really find a problem with it right now i think you know i think that that fact that those points do carry over helps make those points so critical helps make that regular season, regular season yeah. so important helps make every stage point important it makes those guys all race harder for us during the 26 regular seasons races it gives us a lot of action that we otherwise probably wouldn't get uh if they didn't carry those points and so <clears throat> i also think you know i want it i you know if a if a driver accumulates a ton of points and they set themselves apart. I like the idea that this driver has done so much. He's really given himself this really great shot to get all the way to the mm -hmm. very final moment. I would have a problem if a driver had 50 uh, stage points and and they didn't carry over and he doesn't make it to Phoenix. Right, yeah, because it means guess, so much, all that work during the regular season. All right, season. this guy's won more stages than anybody else, more races than anybody else, and he got knocked out of the second round. You know, I, it makes it less creditable Yeah. for me. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would be a good one to ask. Look, I mean, if you dominate like Truex has or, or Harvick did right. a couple years back, or you know, you get maybe three guys that are dominating the season – I kind of want those three to be in the finals. I kind of already do before the playoffs start, you know. And when they don't get there, I need a game. I need a damn good reason they didn't mm -hmm. get there, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, we got time for one more quick one. Uh, I saw this and I thought more about it. I'm like, all right, this would actually be a a good question. Uh, this one comes from James. When you're alone driving in a car, what volume is the music at compared to <laughs> when you're driving with, <laughs> That's with great. other people? That Loud. Good? Yeah, right? Dude, oh, <laughs> <shit>. So, <laughs> this is so funny. And a lot, I think parents, uh, parents will get this one. So, uh, when I'm getting in the truck this morning, literally walking up to the door to open it up, the thought that hits me in the head is I'm turning the damn radio up. <laughs> yeah. Because my truck's got two car seats in the back that are usually full of kids. And, man, when you're riding around driving, you know, the family and stuff, we stay low. We keep that volume down. And, I mean, up until I had kids, and usually when Amy's not in the car, I'm jamming, man. I got it cranked. And that's how I've been my whole mm -hmm. life. You know, as soon as you're 16 years old and you get in your first car, you're like, turn it up. My favorite song. Rewind that, you know, and playing everything as loud as you can. Buying speakers, buying amps, doing everything you can to get it louder, clearer, louder, clearer, louder, clearer. And then uh, you have kids and it's like, oh, you can't go over this volume. This is the volume you're staying. This is the <laughs> limit. So, man, when you walk up to the car and you're getting in that thing and you're like, it's just me going to, you know, Junior Motorsports this morning. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm playing I, I got, I'm playing that song I downloaded yesterday, and I'm playing it loud as hell. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. So that's how I do it. I don't know. I'm not getting a much of a reaction out of Mike here. He must not listen to loud music. Yeah, you don't? No. I don't think I do. Okay. Yeah. I do, and then I always forget to turn it back down. So, like, even just yesterday, I was yeah. driving driving people over to uh, to DBC, and and the radio was yeah. just super loud. Yeah. Just when everyone got in the car. Same here. So that happens too. So I'll drive my truck over here, jamming out loud music, and I'll drive it home. Same thing. Mm -hmm. And then me and Amy will get in it to go to the farmer's market. Yeah. And when my Bluetooth connects and starts playing <laughs> that last song. She's like, what in the world? And I'm like, 
yeah, this is what I do when you're not in here. This is how it is every day when you're not in here. Yeah. You know, she's, she's like, hey, goodness gracious. And I'm like, what? That's, what is the problem? I don't know. The key is to play it just loud enough to not hear yourself sing it badly. You know, there was a funny video I saw the other day where guys that are riding their lawnmower and they're listening to music, which is what I do. And man, when we're doing it, it's concert performance, right? Like it's, it's, it's amazing. It sounds fantastic. But then what people are hearing. (laughs) Mitch does that. So Mitch, my, Mitch is, uh, Mitch has been my, uh, Mitch is basically mowed the property. We got hundreds of acres out there and he's mowed it. I hired him from my dad's place, mm. so he worked he worked on dad's property forever, and then uh, eventually we, I hired him to come over and do do uh, do our property. And Mitch, uh, I hear Mitch like when he <laughs> comes by, he comes near the house on his mower, I can hear him singing, and it's like just him singing and the mower. Like I don't hear the song right because <laughs> it's hilarious, and it's got to sound awful. Oh, it's, because no. Mitch. Is, even the way he talks yeah. sounds like a little like sling blade. So it's, he can't sing good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's something. So you're right about that. Man, if you can, yeah, that's pretty can, funny. If you can out-sing the mower, you're doing something. I, every once in a while, I catch a word. I'm like, he's singing? You know, because it's like, it's, lost, lot, look, get, it's, it's lawnmower noise. Oh, and then you'll catch a word like he'll you know he'll 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 get high pitched or something man i feel like a woman yeah. and you're like, nobody can hear it you're like mitch is singing mitch is listening to music oh man yeah. that's good yeah man that's a good place to end it this week on ash jr all right well i appreciate it i hope everybody learned something today So, Mike, last thing before we go, uh, let's talk about the Ultimate Experience. Dirty Mo Media is headed back to Bristol. That's right. Man, you got an extravagant. Now, I want you to know, man, when we're when we're using adjectives, these are well well used adjectives in this room. We're gonna we're gonna call this uh, package extravagant. Um, it's all inclusive, and it's ultimate, and it's tailored specifically for Dirty Mo Media fans. You have a joke that you want to say, I can tell. Just go ahead and just throw it on out there. I just love the words. Um, Join us September 16th for the NASCAR Cup Series Bristol Night Race and enjoy a luxury VIP suite experience. And it includes parking passes and appearances by a host of several shows. Door bumper clear. I might even slide on in there. should. Once you let me know where it is. You're going to get some free swag. I'm assuming a... Who knows what's in the swag bag, right? All well, kinds of fun stuff. Probably a tumbler. Probably. Uh, you're going to have all the food you can eat and all the beer that you can drink. Um, there's other beverages as well, water and so forth. So, anyways, the uh, sweet food at Bristol is good. I have been up in several of those, and it is some of the best racetrack food you're ever going to eat. Tickets sold out well in advance last year. Well, they're about sold out this year. Yeah, we so only got a few left. I was just going to say, don't wait. Uh, just a few tickets left. You can get it today at DirtyMoMedia.com forward slash ultimate experience. All right. Great questions. Um, I dominated the NASCAR Immaculate Grid. Just such a cruise to victory. Thank you, Mark Martin. Don't ask him what years And my knowledge of McClure Racing. Knowledge. Appreciate everybody tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed the show all from the Bojangle studio. We'll see you next week. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.